And we are rolling back again with another GVO podcast, the Good Vibes Only podcast. I'm sitting here today with probably one of my best influences, but at the same time, my worst influence ever. <laughs> he, he motivates me to study, but at the same time, he motivates me to drink just as much. Uh, we are currently drinking for those you can see. It's our first video. Yeah. And we are drinking Branovay now. Um, I didn't even introduce you, Christopher. Yes, obviously you know him. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but brandy is like a very South African drink, I would say. It's like a, it's wine that is, I don't know, it went through a distillery process and you get brandy, but it just makes you stupid aggressive. Yeah, it's it's not like the brandy you would say find in in Europe, uh, you know, Scotland, uh, uh, Ireland, those types of brandies. It's it's unique to South Africa. It's our specific brandy. It's not just it, any type yeah, of brandy. It tastes different. It, I I would like to compare it to something, but you can only compare South African brandies with South African brandies. You have your Richelieu, you have your Calviafia. We're drinking Calviafia at the moment, but I feel like it's probably what makes South Africans South Africans. A uh, good steak on a Saturday, uh, brandy and Coke, you are set for the day. And a little bit of rugby, and then you, you're good to go. <laughs> now, you are from Bloemfontein, like, not yeah. originally, but... Yeah, I mean, I spend most of my life there, so you can basically say I am pure Bloemfontein. And can you please tell me the, re the relationship between Bloemfontein and Bronnevein. <laughs> <laughs> Bloemfontein is the capital of Bronnevein. There is not a city in the whole country that drinks as much brandy as Bloemfontein. It's all the big farmer lads, you know, they just chug these things down like nothing. You always, you also see they're all like fat fucks. All, all, because you can't drink brandy without Coke. Yeah. It's... And, and there's no Coke Zero and shit like that. No, no, no. It all has to be pure, straight-up Coke. And if you think about it, you'll never in your life go and drink 12 or 14 Cokes in a row. But, then, <laughs> but if, you, if you mix it with brandy, you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So these guys are sugar-overloaded six days of the week, getting shit-faced on brandy specials. You know? and, and fights by any... No, talking about brandy specials, South Africa is stupid cheap when it comes to alcohol. Like, literally, you can get two cups of these, like, two brandies. It's, like, 40% alcohol with it. Brandy and Coke mix for, like, 50 rand. 50 rand is, like, three, four euros, maybe? Yeah, even some, mo most student places, you get it for less. Two euros, two, they say a double brandy and Coke, but you see the barman pour it. He just freezes it with the eye. He just fucking, okay. Let's see how heavy my hand feels today. <laughs> Let's it's see half how... brandy and because the Coke's more expensive than the brandy. So there's just a little bit of Coke. <laughs> they throw it like, how fucked up am I getting a kid tonight? <laughs> yeah, it's a double Coke and brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally this much Coke. <laughs> but like, I feel it also like creates uh, aggression or it makes men more men like. Because it always ends up in a fight. Like somehow. I... Honestly, do not think I've gone out there one night without seeing a fight. 
like a but a, a proper fight you know <laughs> people who can actually hit these big bursians <laughs> yeah it's not like the the fights i've seen here in budapest um where it's yeah like some some skinny guys just slapping each other <laughs> no one's even bleeding and they walk away everyone's fine you know it's a, it's a aggressive one guy always falls and all your friends have to get involved. <laughs> it's like a bro code. It's yeah. like a bro code. Once one guy gets into a fight, everyone needs to join. Yeah, yeah, it's fighting for the stupidest reasons. You know, someone's just looking at you for two seconds too long. Hey, hey, what the fuck are you looking at? And all your friends here, it's like, hey, 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 sh- 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 not again, not again. <laughs> there you go. We did this last night, man. Chill. <laughs> no, but it's, um, I think Brandy is like, it's like a hidden commodity commodity in like here because you don't fucking find brandy here. So like I always tell my parents, bring bottles and bottles of the shit. When I when I fly, I bring when my parents fly to like Budapest, they bring because you don't really get quality like this in Europe. Yeah, not at all. I even when I when I go back and I I come back at the duty free and you get those yeah, they are cheap. You get uh, two one-liter bottles for twenty euros. <laughs> easy, then, easy. Let's go. Best twenty euros ever spent. <laughs> now, I actually wanted to talk with you about this. Uh, besides the brandy, now you are very big into. I would say the habit of reading, of making yourself better through knowledge of other people, written in books and stuff like that. Uh, can you just give the viewers an overview, maybe, of like... Yeah, like, okay, let me give some background in... I've always liked reading, like, growing up, but it was mainly, like, storybooks and, you know, not, not like, reading to improve myself, just reading for the enjoyment. And, well, about two, three years ago, I started with a... I read one book, it's called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And that just changed my perspective on what certain knowledge can give you to change yourself. And just by applying the knowledge that I got in that book, because uh, if you see the science, you see the studies, well, well-designed, well-performed studies, you see the results, you see clear benefits that you would gain in fixing your sleeping schedule. Yes. You cannot deny those facts. So you, you have to do it, otherwise you're an idiot. Because now you, you have that knowledge, so you, you can't just fucking ignore it. Or you can just be a oblivious idiot and just don't read at all. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, as soon as you get there, you just get that one tiny benefit from reading. I fix my sleeping schedule and I realize, okay, life, life is getting better. Okay. You know, it's, it's a tiny thing and life is getting a tiny bit better, but consistently. And I realized, what, what else can I maybe get from books? So I started putting more effort into what type of books I would get. I would do some research on, yeah, okay, what's the most popular self-improvement books for? Start, start with the best and then work your way backwards. See what you need, see what you want. And I just slowly, slowly started building a good reading habit. Started slow, five or ten pages a day, you know, three, four, five books a year. And then now, now I'm up to this year, I've read 30 books. Last year I read 24 books and they, they're not all about self-improvement because you do get sick of it and you, you learn what you, what you wanted to learn and now you know what you need to know and you just have to apply those principles, see what works for you, see what doesn't. And then also I like reading to improve my general knowledge 
I really like science books, things like that. So, but I think like people hear you say that you read thirty books per year, and they're like, "What? This fucking guy is on a different level, speed reading type of shit." But honestly, if you just do like, it's all about the consistency of reading. I would say, like, if you like you said, read your ten pages, fifteen pages a day, it should the shit racks up, and before you know it, you are reading so much more than you ever thought like reading three books a year increasing that number up to 10 20 it's all about consistency like putting that day-to-day reading improving just building that habit i would say yeah it's not as hard as people think it is as you said it's just about the consistency if you read 20 pages a day uh i'm a i'm a pretty slow pretty slow reader to be fair i would spend about 45 minutes, 50 minutes, just in the morning, reading 20 pages a day. That adds up, 20 pages a day adds up to about 500 pages a month. That is on average two books per month. The average book is 200 to yeah, 230 200, yeah, pages. Yeah. Uh, then you read two books a month. That's that 24 add, for a year. Already. 24 for a year. It's the small things that start adding up. You can compare it to going to the gym. You can go to the gym for a month you're not going to see any results you know it's that consistency of continuously going for years and years and continuously improving yeah but even like with the gym like people just want the fast it's the fucking whole world is based on this fast results at the least amount of input for the most amount of output literally you want everything now and then but you don't put that day to day in it's yeah it's complete bullshit i i think but I think it's also in like a just all over mankind like this, but like with the books, I don't you think the people that write write books dedicate like their lives for like a certain subject or something, and you literally by reading this book you gather knowledge of someone's whole life put in like two hundred and fifty pages or life's work in two hundred and fifty pages. Yeah, that, that's the, the whole magnificent thing is how you can just build and build and build on, on other people's knowledge, combine them into your own. Each, each person's brain works completely different and with complete, like different complexities. Uh, then you read all these combinations of books from great authors and the great thinkers of the world. And later you start thinking in their way and you can connect their thoughts in different ways, coming up with your own types of thoughts and how you can improve certain parts of the world, your business, your studying, uh, other people's health, like helping your friends, mental health. All, all, it's endless, the opportunity. Yeah, I've, I also believe it's endless. So would you use like different aspects from different books and combine what works, what doesn't work, maybe, you know, to make it fit your lifestyle? Is that, that's how I understood what you just said. Yeah, what I, um, for me, my goal is to get one thing out of a book that can make me better. If it's just one little, little slight change that I can make in my way of thinking or my way of doing something, I am happy with what I got from the book. I've also... There's a lot of controversial opinions on how to read books. Like a lot of people say, 
you know, read the best books and then read them over and over, master those books. Other people say, read as much as you can, get as a wide knowledge as you can. Um, it, I, th- I guess I, it depends. Yeah, it depends. There's so much, like there's some books that just have bullshit within them, straight up bullshit. And then you have certain books that, I mean, lifelong amazing. Seven Habits from... Uh, I can't remember Steve something. Stephen Covey. Yeah, yeah, Steve. Steve, fucking amazing book, people. Uh, me and uh, Christopher also. We just finished, or not just finished, but both of us finished. Uh, David Goggins, uh, can't hurt me. Fucking brilliant book. Fucking brilliant book. And um, I started. I would. I started reading um, Lifespan. I know you've already read it. Yeah, but. Brilliant. Isn't it fucking crazy where our technology is at at the moment? Yes, yeah, like biotechnology especially. I feel uh, most people are kind of, you know, in the loop of what, what happens with general technology, especially because of people like Elon Musk. So you know what's going on with SpaceX and Tesla and Neuralink and, you know, all those are like wow technologies, but very few people follow what goes on in biotechnology. Yeah, so for those who don't know the book Lifespan, it's like this Harvard, Harvard, he's the main fucking professor of one of Harvard's, I don't know, something genetics. And he pretty much figured out how to stop aging. Like, literally figured out how to stop aging. It sounds ridiculous, but... You started checking up at like genes and like what genes code for what. And I'm still at the very start of, not start of the book, but I got the big idea in it. And he started um, checking from fungi. What is the fucking fungi's? I can't remember. But he checked like fungi's DNA. And like we have a very basic survival uh, genetic across like all pretty much across all uh, species and where to survive, what happens is your DNA gets broken down by like just external factors. And these external factors like completely destroy your DNA. And what you need to do, like what they figured out is like the way DNA is coupled up by epigenetics and stuff like that. It's very complex but by solving epigenetics and making your genome like always constant or like where it doesn't destroy itself you can pretty much cure aging and they found it out in like rats and stuff like that where they literally cured aging yeah yeah. how you can um i i think uh uh i a simple way to explain genetics is just uh, everyone knows, I hope everyone knows that it's you know, the code of life, like the computer code, but for your cells. And uh, the epigenetics is what keeps that code in check, which uh, eliminates the bugs in the code. Yeah, so, so you also explain it in a book where like the language of computers is ones and zeros, but the programs make the computer function, you know, the programs of the ones and zeros and how you put it together. And epigenetics is like the code that runs all these ones and zeros of your DNA. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's when your epigenetics start to malfunction, those, uh, they call it like the housekeeping genes. 
that that clean up the genome to make sure that the cells reproduce and that they produce the right proteins in the right amount. And if they don't, that they can shut down the cell. That's yeah. essentially the basis of cancer as well. If one of the epigenetic mechanisms goes goes wrong and it can't shut down the cell and the cell starts multiplying and it doesn't die. Um, yeah, it's just... I, just keeps on going yeah basically cancer and aging is very related in the epigenetic mechanisms and uh so essentially the aging would go along with curing cancer would also be along with curing aging and aging is a disease it's not a inevitability and we are on the brink of solving that yeah you can i i think it's dr david sinclair he is the head of genetics at harvard as nathan said um, you can go check up his videos on YouTube where he takes a old as fuck rat. Uh, the thing is losing its hair, can't run anymore. He inserts these epigenetic factors and stuff that makes his cells work better again, takes out those clumpings that are slowing down the mechanisms and um, that he literally reverses aging in the mice. Uh, my That's rats. fucking crazy. And they, yeah. they, you can see them uh, over a few weeks. They they become young again, running around, looking fresh, looking healthy. It's it's amazing. And he says uh, he also says like we we don't understand how close we are to doing this. Within the next ten years, it's possible, and we we cannot really fathom the consequences of it yet either. Yeah, there must be a fucking shit ton of ethical shit, and I mean. Why do you want more people on this planet? <laughs> like, but yet again, you keep more people on the planet by making them, you know, ageless, but they are more productive. I mean, the amount of old people I see climbing up and down like the buses here in Budapest, and they struggle, man. They fucking struggle to do basic things like climb upstairs and Nothing wrong against that. I mean, but what is your life standard like at that point? <laughs> what is your life standard that it is hard to walk, it is hard to do barely any actions, and now you still want to fucking live in this world full of suffering where basic things is just suffering? Yeah, I, I don't know how, uh, how far you've gotten in that book, but uh, more to the end of it, he starts breaking down of, you know... Uh, our, our planet can actually, it feels overpopulated, but it can handle a lot more. And it would especially be able to handle more if there are more productive people in society, oh. as you said. And that's the whole thing. Uh, if you look at the numbers, I, I don't know them by heart, <laughs> but uh, you would see that old people and retirement and healthcare and stuff, they are a enormous drain on the economy like no no disrespect to old people or anything like that yeah but they it's a, it's a burden know, a burden like, is a fucking burden and they know it and they they also don't like the shitty quality of life and i also feel it's a a big problem in modern medicine today i i've read some books about doctors as well that that say like it's so hard the decisions now because essentially in most of the cases what you are doing when people are getting older is you're just prolonging suffering <laughs> You, you are yeah. prolonging their suffering and uh, most of them have to be in the hospital all of all the time if you you reach above the age of even 65 but more 75 uh, 
the constant health problems you have, your your bones start to deteriorate, you constantly break a bone, you're on bed rest for weeks. That's especially in countries where the state pays for healthcare. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge drain on taxpayers' money that can be spent on improving other parts. Or getting stolen by politicians. Or getting, yeah. oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Like funding, fu- funding corruption is also important. Yeah. So let's not forget. From, we are from South Africa, yes. <laughs> Fucking main problem. But, so genetics. Fucking crazy. Like, this guy talks in this book. He makes life sound very easy. Or very you know, simple, if I can say it like that, where you have these and these genes and factors that cause life. And you can find it through, like, how many species, where it's basically the same thing. I think, like, 50% of our genes are just repetitive or, like, nonsense genes. Yeah, we we don't really understand the the non-coding part of of our genome and we, we are learning more and more of it at really exponential rates but we, we will at the moment we don't understand the function of those genes but they have to have a function in our long 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 history of evolution it's very hard to tell at the moment um, but as you said like how he how he explains it he makes it he simplifies it. He makes it makes it so easy. I read the book and I'm like, no fucking way life seems so easy. <laughs> like, it sounds so pain to paper. One plus one is two, the way he explains it. But that's exactly what makes a great author. It's, wow. If you really, that's how they say, you don't really know a subject until you can explain it in a way that a five-year-old can Yeah, understand. fucking Einstein said that. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Einstein said that. And all the great people quote that quote. And it's hundred percent true, and that's what makes books like that. Because it's one one of life's biggest mysteries is cancer and aging, and this guy makes it seem like it's nothing in a simple book. That's how you know that he knows what he's talking about. Crazy. So like, if you need to throw some authors around for those, seeing that you read all your books, can you give some like, just a few basic ones that people can start with or uh, at least good authors that create this beautiful book you you are like if you are talking about science it's always it's always best to go to the originals if you want to learn about evolution read darwin he's the father of evolution you know that makes sense yeah. yeah start from the ground floor you can't just read anyone's books. Other science, physics, Richard Feynman, really, uh, he has a book called Six Easy Pieces where he just breaks down the basics of physics, like the most complex physics into such easy <laughs> concepts for you to understand. Even Stephen, Haw- Stephen Hawking's book is phenomenal. It's such complex physics where he explains it that anyone can understand. Yeah, and physics is a big fuck yeah. that one. It's yeah, a it's big. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like just how the universe works and black holes and the possibilities of time travel and stuff from the world's smartest person ever. And then he breaks it down for anyone to understand. You you can get these knowledge from 
really people that cannot compare to who's that guy movies. uh you you wrote the body uh dave brunson i don't know uh but the body bill, is bill bryson bill, bill bryson, bryson yeah. yeah brunson i uh, bryson yeah bill bryson so much knowledge packed in one fucking book it is crazy and like for example how you say like everything is he describes it in a basic way but it is such a broad way of writing everything and so complex how the smallest things are that it seems complicated you're like i read that book and i was like i can't remember half of the shit i just read half of the shit i just read and i feel like with most books it is like that i feel i read books and at the end i still don't know what the like or Maybe after like three, four books, I go back to it and I'm like, yeah, I can't remember shit what happened in this book. And there's so many valuable information in it. But how do you like for, for reading 30 books, how can you gain knowledge from the 30 books that you can actually use? Because uh, reading is also a skill that you develop. In my beginning phases of reading and stuff, I also remember nothing. But because that's essentially how memory works, too, because you, you have nothing to but you, you are learning these new topics. It's new skills. It's even like, say, when I started studying medicine, you start studying anatomy and it's hard as fuck because you have no other prior knowledge to connect it to because that's how memories work. You connect it to other memories. Now, mm. further down the line in medicine. Anatomy would be a joke because I have so many other things that I've learned that I can connect those things to. And it's oh. the same with reading. So the more you read, the more okay, you gain a little bit, little bit knowledge from each book. You don't remember everything. Okay, fine. But then you keep reading, keep reading. You learn more and more. And then you can learn more because your, your brain is growing. It's making more and more connections. It's connecting more memories with other memories. And later you are just learning more and more and you're getting more and more value that's why that's again back to why the value where the value of consistency comes from so like even though i feel like i didn't i can't remember shit of the book i still have it stored somewhere in my memory bank where if i see the situation again i might remember it and be like oh this is applicable here or if you read enough books uh in certain topics is like I feel it especially in self-improvement books there's a lot of repetition about the same key concepts worded differently by different people so you, you keep seeing is, the same yeah. thing over and over but from different perspectives and people who applied it differently in their lives so you can make better connections I, I read Mark Manson's book the uh, don't give a fuck or something like that uh, I don't know what the title subtle is. Subtle Art of yeah, Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> that one. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I swear to you, uh, that book reminded me so much of Buddhist techniques. Or not Buddhist techniques, but Buddha, Buddhist teaching. And like the Buddhist way of seeing life. But with just a lot more fucks and shits and different ways of showing it. If I can say it like that. So, like you said, it's the exact same like... It's this cup, I look at it from this angle, and you look at it from that angle, and it just, it's different shit, but it's the same topic they talked about. Yeah, exactly, and it's, it's to reach different audiences, because 
if you're gonna hear about meditations by Marcus Aurelius, sounds very complicated to you. Fucking but complicated. Don't uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck sounds like a fun <laughs> book to read, and then it brings the concepts to you in terminology that you relate with. Yeah. Which with a lot means, of fucks and shits. Yeah, fucks <laughs> and shits, and it it relates to a wider audience, which is a. They also say the title of a book really determines how well it does. And they test a bunch of different titles. There's a lot of process going into the titles. If you think about, um, like, say, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, it would um, it would seem to you like, oh, okay, yes, I want to learn some habits to become more effective. But then when you actually read the book, it's not like normal habits that you would no. learn from, oh, okay, uh, make your bed in the morning and, you know, stuff like that, floss. Plus daily, like how to build normal ass habits that you're just supposed to have. No, yeah. No, it's it's about changing the core values inside of you to become the person that you need yeah. to be. It's like you oh, fucking you couldn't say it better. It's exactly how exactly how he describes it in the book where you you don't do you do what you want to become. What if you want to lose weight? What would someone fit in the gym do? You you have this option. You have this option. I have a chocolate in front of me and I have a healthy meal in front of me. Or let's say a fruit. That is even better. What would the healthy person do? Would he fucking munch the chocolate or would he eat the banana? Yeah. And, uh, would he... Would you rather do... What would a healthy person do? If you want to strive to be a healthy person, if you are unhappy with your health as a person, think about what would the healthy person do? Would he go to the gym? Fuck yeah, he would go to the gym multiple times per week. You don't want to change the outcome to become fun. You want to change yourself as a person to become that person. Yeah, that's that's all about uh, changing your thoughts and... Um... Yeah, like improving the way you think, like put, as you were saying, like putting yourself in that person's shoes, but it's also not about just because, okay, now you are a fat fuck that has built on these shitty habits your whole life. Brains and habits are very, it's very deep rooted and it's it's hard to break hard, bad habits. And yeah, bad it's very understandable. You can't go, okay, you're this fat fuck and you're looking at this super fit guy that's dedicated his life and be like okay i'm gonna be this person no it's not just gonna happen it's these tiny you you first start changing your thoughts and then like in seven habits of highly effective people the first habit is be proactive so you, you start changing your thoughts it's all about how to change your way of thinking and then acting on those thoughts not just thinking it like that's a it's a complex process but it's People don't realize that you really need to start small. You can't just go no. big. Because if you go and you start training really hard, you're going to be worn out in three or four days and you're going to hate it. You're going to fucking hate but it. But that's what most what happened with most like obese fat people. I can talk this out of experience. I have friends and family that this happens to. Where they really want to change the way they look. And they climb on this really fucking intense diet of how to like lose weight and stuff like that. First two weeks, do crazy numbers, do like five, six kilograms, gone. 
But it's water weight, people. It's water weight. It's not fat. It's water weight. Yeah, you. You are... pick this water weight up like this, like by snap of a finger, and then three weeks in, the diet is way too intense because you're starving yourself every fucking single day. You can't keep up, and before you know it, whoop, seven kilograms are back again. It's you don't just lose weight; it ends up with a net gain of weight by these easy techniques of losing weight. Yeah, exactly. Because then you also you do those things, especially people who go on diets because people don't understand diets and nutrition. Then you know they would cut out so many things that are that are key to their nutrition. So they are actually just losing a lot of protein in their body, a lot of uh, a lot of muscle gets lost and stuff. So they think they are losing weight, but actually they are just really doing bad, even worse to their health. And so they, they feel worse, their mentality gets worse, and eventually they give up. And then they feel like a failure. And especially people who get to that level, not of overweight, of obesity, um, they tend to eat their feelings. Yeah, they, so they, they become good in food. Exactly. So then because they are a failure, they eat extra because it makes them feel better. And then it's this whole loop that you go into. You try again, you fail again, you get even worse. You try again, you fail again, you get even worse. And that, that's why it's important to start small and research what you are doing well. But I also feel like humans, we are very clueless about nutrition. I feel nutrition is a very, from all these years of evolution, you would expect, yeah, fucking, we know exactly what to eat, how much of what to live a healthy lifestyle. But you have such a variety of diets. You have people that only eat meat, people that only eat veggies. You have, fuck, I can't even think of the top of my head now, but where you cut out bread, uh, what is it called? I don't know. But where you completely cut out bread, carbs, and where you eat like mostly oily stuff. Because I think as kids, we were taught that pyramid, you know, that food pyramid, uh, bread at the bottom and like fats at the top. But some other guy is famous. I don't know why I don't know his name, but he was like, yeah, fuck that. Switch that. Cut out the breads, make the breads less, make fats and oils, your avos, your peanuts. No, yeah, peanuts are pretty oily. But anyway, those put those in and you still have a healthy diet going on. You still have a healthy diet. So nutrition, I feel like it's such a broad spectrum that we actually don't know what is healthy. And we, yeah. It, it is very complex because also um, people don't take into account how much genetics plays a role. And because genetics determine which enzymes you have to break which things down. And, uh, and at the end of the day, you know, some people process fats better than other people. That's why some people can gain weight really easily and other people can stay skinny and shredded all the time while eating whatever the fuck they want. And that's yeah, why you can't really compare people, uh, compare I mean, yourself to other people. I'm pretty sure there's some people that literally look at a donut and they gain weight by just looking at it because that's just the state of their metabolism. I don't know. It's just genes, like you say. It's genetics plays such a big role in everything. It it does play a huge role, but then people people who don't people who know that it plays a huge role 
tend to use it as an excuse. The, oh, genetics is the reason. I, it's not the only factor determining who you Don't are. fucking play the blame game, people. Yeah. Stand up for yourself. Be the fucking... You decide who you want to be. You decide. Not your genes. Not, yes, it plays a big factor in it. Plays a big factor in it, but it is not the okay. only thing. Exactly. Okay, yes. Okay, maybe um, some other person would have to work harder than me to maintain a... Uh, a better physique or a healthier lifestyle but so fucking what then you have to work harder i might have to work harder than someone else to retain the same amount of knowledge and be studying but fuck that then i will work harder then you need to study more yeah, yeah I, I will study more if i need to study more if you need to work out more you need to more be more conscious of what you eat th then do it you know and I, it's, it's this weak mentality that gets propagated by today's media and social media and like tiktok and instagram it's okay to be fat it's it's okay if you're not like that no it's it's not okay it's it's not okay because it's you you choose how you respond to your environment your situations the things that happen to you do not determine who you are you how you react determine who you are yeah that that was fucking motivational that is Amen to that. Amen to that. Because, like, social media blows things up way too much. Way too much. This whole movement and... Yeah, fuck social media, honestly. <laughs> Talking about fucking social media. My fucking Instagram just fucking doesn't work anymore. I have this weird thing where technology hates me. <laughs> technology fucking hates... I. Okay, maybe I'm making, <laughs> I'm literally putting the cause, I'm putting the blame on technology, not on me. I might be the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, a, it's also a blessing in disguise. Oh, it's a fucking, like, so, like, this has been going on for a while now. Firstly, my Vodafone stopped working. I was literally offline if I did not have Wi-Fi. Completely cut off. And then, fucking amazing. It was shit for like the first two weeks to not have constant data, constant plugged into the fucking matrix. But then you get used to it. And like you don't, you realize you can live without it. And I was like, okay, fuck yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Just decided never to fix my Vodafone. So I was pretty much offline. Then my fucking Instagram just... The, literally the other day it's like yeah your account uh please verify your account i was like okay check it they have my old south african number in it not my hungarian number at the moment now i can't verify the shit now i just don't have it so i think it's just and even today my phone stopped charging i don't know why it doesn't want to charge i think it's a bit fucked up but but yeah. it's it's fucking great. Like I've I've been I've been cutting down hectically on social media and any form of like all this constant outside stimulation. But I've only cut it down to a certain amount, which I still do it daily. And I, I would like to see how freeing it is to be completely cut out of out of the world. But I feel like the society we are building, it does not. 
It does not allow it anymore. It does not allow it to live without social media anymore. But that is a lie we tell ourselves. Ah. Because that that is not true. Uh, the Actually, the most recent book I finished is a deep work by Cal Newport. This guy is also a computer programmer at MIT. Huge fucking... This guy... Top G. Top G. <laughs> top fucking <laughs> and, G. Um, <laughs> So he talks about the value of deep work and for people who don't know what deep work is, it's just essentially cutting out all distractions so that you have that you are fully focused and immersed into the work that you are doing, whether that's studying, writing a paper, uh, just any uh, creating uh, like financial spreadsheets for for your company, wh- whatever your job is, it's just fully immersing yourself into that having time alone broken away from um, broken away from any types of distraction and then he, he he uses a lot of examples of great authors and researchers and these people how you cannot find them on social media how they do not have and then, then he uses examples like okay yeah you uh, authors say you need a Twitter account to gain fans to make more book sales and stuff like that. But then he shows, with numbers, he shows the value of not having social media. Okay, yes, you make you might make a few thousand extra sales because of your constant Twitter activity, but that distraction takes away from the value of your work. He, he has a whole family, he teaches classes, and he publishes nine, ten peer-reviewed academic papers per year, and he writes... Every two or three years, he writes a best-selling book. The only way he can do that is by fully immersing himself in his work, not having those distractions. And he shows that it's it's really not necessary to have social media. We just tell ourselves this because that's what everyone says. That's what everyone assumes is you yeah. need it. You need to keep up. But think about it. If you now, today you lost everything. Like the only reason that I can think of needing my phone is to keep contact with my family back home so that they don't worry about me. But anything else, there's no real value it gives to my life. It's just short bursts of dopamine in your brain that makes you believe that you need this. And so weird, like, this short burst of dopamine, but at the same time, when I got back into, like, a while back, when I was, like, really in the offline and shit, I started realizing how fucking toxic social media is, man. Instagram fucking everything. Like, the whole social media group. It's so toxic. It's like this toxic pool of people. I wouldn't say hating. Yeah, hating. Straight up hating. Just being assholes to one another. It's Because it's so easy. I mean, it's really hard for me to walk... To a stranger that I don't don't really know, that I don't really like, tell them, fuck you in their face. Tell them, fuck you, you a fucking asshole. But see the see this guy in on social media. It's really hard to say it in person, but over over the phone, we don't have that immediate consequence. Man, I can people can say the most fucked up shit without having any not any consequence, but the minimal, the bare minimal. And I think we are just, yeah, it is 
the whole concept we grew up on of needing social media and stuff like that, where it is good, it connects people, but sometimes in a really shitty way. A really shitty way, I would say. Yeah, that that is for sure. And the, the way these algorithms are designed these days, it's... How fucking good is the TikTok algorithm now? It's too fucking good because it shows you exactly what you want and it just propagates your beliefs. It increases your beliefs in a certain topic because it keeps showing you those things, right wing, left wing, whatever the fuck you want. It, it's in your face the whole time, giving these opinions that you strongly... Even for us who we say we are... We, we say we are very self-aware... And we think that things don't affect us. But it does. Like, uh, these things go into your subconscious if you're constantly seeing, if one thing is constantly being shown to you. I feel... Um, you I, see it as normal. You see it as normal. I mean, if you are taught it is normal to take a shit in the garden, if all you see every day, if your parents, for example... Okay, that's a bit far, but... Let's say you have no external influence, really, except social media. And all they teach you is that this is okay, that is okay, and this is wrong. What you start believing is that shitting in the garden is okay, peeing in the sink is okay, but using the toilet is wrong. If your social media, this is... Guys, this is just me talking shit. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is the brandy talking. Hundred <laughs> percent. Fucking extreme examples, but that, that that's how you make points. Yeah, fucking extreme examples. But if that is all you are taught as a kid, man, what is this kid supposed to think of different? You know. Yep. Uh, that's um. They 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 prime and especially it's taking advantage of young vulnerable minds. Living in, in modern societies, most of Europe, the US, those places, you know, you, you see it a lot in all these, uh, uh, okay, you're feeling a bit lost, you're a little bit depressed, also social media plays a huge fucking role in your yeah, depression. A fucking main but, part of your depression. Yeah. But then you, you get propagated this, like, oh, this person felt, found some, you, you see this whole... It's wired as this emotional story directed toward you by the algorithm. Uh, okay, yeah, I found some freedom because I was lost and I found my gender identity. And then this goes to millions of people. Most people don't really give a shit about it. It just makes you feel like people give a shit about yeah. it. But there's just that, okay, a million people saw it, 1% of them it influenced. But that 1% is 10,000 people. And the 10,000 people is the people that are also a bit fucked up in the head. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, fuck. Fuck being male or female. They are in this... I actually feel really sorry for a lot of these people. They... They get into this... Um, they, they're on this very influence... Influenceable... They, they get influenced yeah. easily <laughs> because they are in this lower mindset and... They've been going through these struggles. Their parents don't accept them. They don't fit in at school, whatever. How can I make this better? They are looking for solutions, but the only solutions shown to them is not good education. Like, okay, focus on your self-improvement. Focus on your sleep. Focus on your exercise. Focus on improving the basic your knowledge. Things, the basic yeah, things. The, uh, those things are not showing to them. The only things that are being shown to them is, oh, 
I was going through a shitty time, so I changed my gender. Or I was going through a shitty time, so, you know, I became an activist. Or any of these things, that's that's the message being thrown to them. And it just takes a takes advantage of their young, vulnerable, malleable mind. Yeah, if you don't have any role models set up before you, if you don't have someone you look up to, if you have a shitty mom, a shitty dad, that are not good influences on you 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 don't fit into school and out of nowhere on your fucking phone this girl pops up and she's male female what whatever gender and she says this is how she got out of the exact same slump that you were in you were in you're like yeah this is my role model i'm going to hear what she listens to what she says and with when you see it again you're fucking this kid is mind is becoming i'm going to be an activist fuck thin people fat phobia no they are fat phobic they are cunts they are looking too good after their body i'm going to sit here and eat my mcdonald's my my big mac and that is how i'm going to feel better about myself because this is what that person told me you yeah. know it's it's yeah fucking social media and then they see this they they like they, it's not just because they see this message it's because they see this message and that message has been getting a lot of attention a lot of supportive comments a lot of likes a lot of things like that and they're like okay this is what people want this is how i become a person that is accepted in society yeah. and that that, that is the, the whole role that is being forced upon us at the moment and we need to be more self-aware to avoid these things. I also feel, okay, we might be picking on, because th these are just very common examples in in our specific lives that because we, we, we dislike these, these gender roles and obesity and accepting everything being pushed yeah. on us. But so it might not be the best example and it might offend some people. So I'd like to put in some other examples. Statistically, it is shown people who grow up in bad environments like poor crime-ridden areas you know in the hood stuff like that you become a criminal by association so most of the criminals in today's society are in an environment full of other criminals so people are are struggling they are hungry they want to take care of their mother stuff like that and uh, they can't find a right way to do something but they see the other people around them robbing places selling drugs doing things what they need to do to support their families yeah so they become a criminal by association because that seems like the only way out and yeah. so you can find many of these types of examples it's not just about gender obesity about um depression like all, all of these things can be be kind of traced back to the environment that you are influenced by the whole time and i mean if you see people fucking walking with glocks in their pants fucking driving around putting fucking bullets in random people's fucking head no, okay not but yeah fucking crime just crime in general where people steal fucking sell drugs if this is seen as normal to you if you see this is how I need to get money, then of course you're going to do that. Of course you're going to. 
it's it's hard where you can decide that this is what I want if you put the ceiling above your head of this is what I can achieve. Okay. If, if it makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. And that's 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 the whole thing that this is the norm. You you get you get influenced by your surroundings, by your environment, and you take up what you are constantly exposed to. That's why the most motivational and st- stories that are like, oh, fuck, this guy is amazing, stuff like that, is the people who broke out of that. If you look at David Goggins, he also came from this yeah, shitty from crime ri- crime-ridden, he was obese at a time, now he's viewed as the fittest person alive. Yeah, guys, because I, I've probably talked about this, David Goggins, in previous podcasts. I don't know, I just have a feeling, but fucking I put my hand out to that guy. He is a fucking monster. He comes out of the shitty environment with a dad beating his beating his mom. Fucking they they were rich, but illegally rich. His dad just he was just an asshole. Straight up. That's what the dad was. Shitty fucking. Yeah, guy. terrible father. Beating his mother in front of him. Like it was bad. And bef- he decided, you know what? The demons in my head, fuck them. I'm going to show them w- who I am. I'm going to face up to myself, look myself in the mirror and say, this is what I want to achieve. This guy started, he, he ended up in the seals. He started running marathon after marathon, ultra marathons. He, he would barely train. This guy would barely train. And... So I, I think it was the Chicago something. I don't know. It was like a hundred mile race he needed to do. Trained like two weeks for not barely two weeks for it. Trained like two weeks for it. The day before, one of his generals come in and they're like, you want to hit the gym. Pushes out a crazy leg day. Next day, runs a hundred miles. Yep. Not, not freakishly, not like he's crazy. This guy would just sit through his suffering and make like it's nothing. But we should also remember that he's not some superhuman guy that, oh, he's got this strong mindset and stuff. Because that's, that's not what people see. It's like, oh, no, I'm not like him. I'm not, I'm not as strong or whatever. But we, we should remember that he was just like us and every other person in the world. He got influenced by his environment. He's shitty childhood and the bullying and the negativity and stuff that he experienced in his life really affected him because he went into a very bad place where he got extremely depressed. He was just sitting at home doing fucking nothing with his life. Eating donuts. Eating the whole time. He became extremely fat and somehow something clicked in his mind. And we all need to reach this point where something clicks in your mind and you make those changes. The, the realization is is that you are stuck in this house. All your environments is in the ceiling of this house. It, it just traps you in it. The point is you need to realize this bitch has two floors. You can just walk out of this apartment, walk out of this room, take the flight of stairs up and... You are, in an, you are in a new building. You are in the second floor. You are not put down by your fucking environment anymore, people. 
you you can decide. It's hard to decide. It's fucking hard to decide. But the decision is always there. The choice is always fucking there to make your life better. It is, and I I feel okay. We've been using a lot of you know examples from like the outliers. You know, uh, we can, we can say they are not the the regular people. Obviously, that's why they become famous. That's why their books sell so much. But it it happens constantly in regular people, and it has happened in my life. I would say on an extreme level. I also come from a a really shitty city in South Africa. Yeah, where we that, both come from. The yeah, really from the same <laughs> shitty city. So he knows what I'm talking about. Guys, from the Vale Park is very shit. <laughs> yeah, if if you go look up the crime stats there, it has the highest crime rate per capita in South Africa. In anything you can think about, murders, rapes, fucking um, arson, whatever, robbery. It's it's all there. And um so you and most people that bef- before I moved to Bloemfontein and you know also not cha- that Bloemfontein is that much better. <laughs> it's not that much better, but but it's about it's about changing your environment to grow and become better, to realize the shitty, shitty situation you're in. It's it's the self awareness it takes, and it, it's not easy. I completely uh, completely agree with that. It's not like some magical thing. Like oh okay, no, now I'm gonna change. No, it's it's fucking hard choices. You know, leaving your family, living away from them, stuff like that. But that uh, yeah, that's not really the point, you. So. Shitty environment, not great family, not not great. I've been constantly since a young age been exposed to drug addicts and uh, drug dealers, crime, people being stabbed, guns, all, all, all of those typical shitty things that are supposed to lead to other shitty things. Like my, my both of my cousins has been in prison multiple times. They're all like really shitty drug addicts, skinny full of tattoos, part of gangs, like shitty people. But then it's up to you to be different, to make it better for you, to make it better for your family, to make it better for your friends. And all of us can get... And I I, I also, I went through that phase where, you know, I just accepted it, that this is me, this is... I'm also prone to alcohol, prone to drugs. And I, I really it's I struggle. Genetic. It is genetic, but genetic, as we said earlier, genetics can't be the only excuse. And I went, and I went through my, through my shitty times where I struggled with addiction with cats. I don't know if anyone knows what cat is, but it's very similar to cocaine, just way more addictive and a lot cheaper. And I was addicted to the shit. Like waking up in the morning, I would take a line months on end that i didn't even have money for food i would just eat ramen like one pack of ramen a day i got so skinny it you know i i went into really dark places to get to the point where i am now studying medicine in europe being a fit person reading a lot of books and stuff so it, it it's really possible for anyone to do it because i could have easily continued down that shitty hole be like my cousins go to jail stealing for drugs all of the rest, I, I could have easily been like that, but it just takes that tiny bit of self-awareness that just sit down alone with yourself and be honest. Say, this is what I don't like about my life. How do I change it? And fucking change it. Just stick to it. It is hard. It isn't easy. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. You start small and you start building up. And it's... I think that making the decision 
is the first part of the change. Once you can realize that, oh yeah, what I'm doing right now is fucking deteriorating my life on earth. I have, a, <laughs> I have this amount of time per day. I have this amount of time in my life before I fucking <clears throat> die. Well, depends if this guy fucking in my lifetime cures age, you know, <laughs> the, the, the harder <laughs> guy, you know. But for the time I'm now, it's about just putting, being, trying to be as not effective, but making the majority of the choices right. Is, am I going to lay in bed the whole day and watch YouTube jerk off and do just nothing with, with my life? Or am I going to stand up, get a little, little bit of workout in, start studying, learning what I actually want to do? It's, it makes it sound like a choice that you can do it like this, but it, it's a decision. It's a decision to make, to change that, to, for your example, where you say, you know, I see potential within myself. I see I am better than fucking waking up, doing drugs the whole day, trying to exit this mind space of mine and actually make something out of my life. Make something positive out of my life where people can look up to me and be like, yeah, well, <laughs> this guy is a fucking goat. This guy is the fucking top G. Exactly. Yeah. The, the first step is having to know what you want. Like if you, if you are a little bit chubby or what, whatever, but you are really happy with how you live your life, you, you have a, say a great family. What it's all about being honest with yourself and what you want and then doing to get what you want. So what, if, what if, you are if, willing to suffer for, yeah, what if, you are willing to suffer exactly. for. So if you are super ambitious and you want to become this high performing person you want to be really healthy uh you want to make money whatever make those big changes fucking commit to it if you are happy with this with with an average life uh average seems like a demeaning word but it it, it really isn't a lot of people a lot of people are really happy in like having a normal life just having a family having a just being able to support them just like having the basic needs food and a roof over your head a lot of people are happy with that and that is completely fine. You don't have to be fit. You don't have to be this person that are, uh, I go to the gym every day. I read a lot of books and stuff. No, that's completely, it's not necessary. It's just about being honest with yourself. If you are happy with yourself, it is fine. But if you, if you get those depression feelings and yeah, you don't, you, you don't know what, what you really want for your, from yourself and stuff like cut yourself out from the outside world, sit with your thoughts alone and see what comes up and then it will reveal the truth and then act on it act on it don't don't keep distracting yourself with porn and drugs and alcohol and anything like if you like drinking keep drinking but <laughs> if, 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 you, if you hate it be honest with yourself and i think you need to like i feel i am also at the point where like it's the same with weed for me on the low key. Weed is a great thing on the right time. Fucking, it makes you lazy. It makes you fucking stupid. It's a terrible drug sometimes. But it depends on what you use it as. 
I think it's the relationship you have with it. If you have a bad, re- if you have a bad relationship with food, with studying, with everything in life, if you have a bad relationship with in, in it, where all you can do is this and all you can think about is this, it's fucking change it, change it. If you have a bad relationship with something and you can't see a way out of it, they, there's always a way out of it. You know, if you realize that. In my example, for me, I have this really, I have, I think I have a bit of crackhead energy. I think I have a bit of crackhead energy where I just fucking just keep on going. I constantly need something to do, but it, like it runs in my family. This, this whole constantly needing to be busy runs in my family. But for me to switch down, to shut down, I normally smoke like weed or something or something or even like nicotine, just something to just take that edge off, just relax me for a bit so I can actually sit down, watch a movie, watch series and shit like that. But almost realizing how bad it is, yeah, I, I don't even know what point I wanted to make. But yeah, fucking, it's just shit for you. Try to cut out the shit thing, things in life for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I completely get, I, I get what you mean, but we, we should also realize that we, we tend to self-justify a lot, um, that, that even though we know these things are bad for us, we try to get those tiny positives, even though the negatives way completely outweigh the positives. I, even like I had my own experience with weed where I was smoking six to eight joints a day for two to three years, you know? And I was justifying, like, ah, it keeps me chill, it shuts down my mind a little bit, uh, whatever. Like, it, it kept with the justifications, where you're like, okay, yeah, these are the positives. And they are positives, I'm not yeah. denying that. But but the negatives, the way it makes you lazy, the way it, it especially takes away ambition. Oh, so much ambition. Since I quit weed, I've been way more ambitious and focused on my goals. But that's just the, the same thing with... I've done No Not November and I become way more confident. Uh, there's there's a lot of those 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 little factors and you have to play with it because obviously you don't want fucking boring shitty life. Like I like to black out from time to time. I I, is, I, I agree. I, I also agree. It's, it's sometimes who, it's, it's who I am. I'm not denying who I am. But I'm saying I, I need to get control of it because it's very easy to lose control. I've seen it in a lot of my family members that really lose it and drink for 20, 30 years. My grandparents, my mom, everyone get, get shit faced four to five times a week blackout. Like, and I've been there myself and I've noticed like, yeah, okay, just fucking calm down. <laughs> do what you need to do. Reward yourself with a blackout. Play to your strengths, play to your weaknesses. Just find that balance and you're going to fucking, you're just going to be happy, at peace, blissfulness. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's the same thing with me because I also have a, also might be genetic because like my, pretty much my whole, my whole mom's side, alcoholics, except my mom. She was the one that realized there's a second floor to this bitch. She realized she doesn't need to be in this fucking constant alcoholism drinking drugs 
fucking myth, bullshit like that. I won't even get too far into it. But she dubbed that fucking amazing for her. She doesn't really drink. I also, I think I like drinking a bit. I, I love drinking. It brings a, <laughs> it's a tough relationship. I always say when I start drinking, my second personality comes out. I call him Austin. Yeah, liquor Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we have liquor Chris in Austin. Austin is a cunt. He's <laughs> the. He, <laughs> he's. I swear to you, I'm a fucking really nice, solid guy. When I start getting really drunk, majority of I yeah, majority of respectful women go a little bit out. I see women as. Way too hot. <laughs> Way too hot. And something that... Yes, I won't even continue before I fucking throw dirt on my name. But honestly, I fucking hate drinking. I I hate it, but at the same time, it gives me... It is sometimes needed. It is sometimes needed to just let loose. Not an excuse or anything. I mean, how I do my drinking is... For the whole week, I run a strict schedule of 10 p.m. sleep, 6 a.m. wake up. Get the gym in. The whole week is like that, where it's constant grind. The point is constant grind. And then when the weekend comes, I allow myself that one day, that one day of let loose, where I start, you know, if it was a fucking busy week, yeah, we get yeah. fucking lit tonight, baby. Let's fucking go. Like, uh, and it's all about. Uh, um, a, a lot of people think you should be performing at this high level at a constant rate, but but you cannot. Your your brain needs to recover. It's all about waves, o oscillations. Is yeah. the way to explain it. So you're going at a high level, and then like, perform at a high level for a while. Then deep relaxation. Let go. Whatever your thing is. If it's getting shit faced, or if it's just relaxing and watching a watching movie, movie what, yeah. what, what the fuck what the ever it is don't feel guilty for for sometimes doing nothing because you you need that rest and recovery to be able to perform at high levels again but don't feel guilty while resting while you are not in a high work rate don't fucking as this podcast gets a lot of students on it if you fucking feel guilty of taking a day off, just resting, soothing your brain, listening to your body, and thinking the whole time, fuck, I should be studying. Fuck, I should be doing this. Fuck, fuck. Before you know it, you did not rest a single second. Your body is still at the same fucking... Same shit place it was before, where you needed that rest. And now... You are just constantly giving it the same feedback of, yeah, well, I guess I need to start uh, studying again instead of resting. Yeah, you, you, you get that guilt because you feel like you should be doing something. And you, especially us, in, he's in veterinary medicine and I'm in medicine. Uh, you, you, you see that a lot with people where they, they have this guilt. They have this guilt like, I should be doing this the whole time because that's what everyone says I should be doing. Both of us are sitting here in the middle of exam period. Yeah, I wrote... Filming a podcast and fucking 
Nathan needs to go in like 10 minutes to write an exam. Yeah, I'm writing an exam at 3 p.m. I'm shooting this at like 2.20. Yeah, getting shot for is doing an exam, but because, because he knows he's put in the work, uh, it's not that serious of an exam, whatever. And like me, I'm, I'm mid-exam period in the hardest semester of medicine. Uh, just like, but I've, I've, I've put in the work. I've, I've been getting the grades. Uh, both of us here, scholarship people. Yes. And, and look at us, getting shit-faced, we, we, we never pull all-nighters, we, we, we never do those things that are expected of medical never, students, you know, never. people people in these these higher law degrees, engineering degrees, med- medical degrees, people expect you to, to spend all night studying, to be this highly stressed person, like it's, it's so, but it, it, it isn't that hard, you need to, if you get your mental game on the right point and you get your habits right your your sleeping habits exercise very important for mental health and mental rejuvenation i yeah, don't know yeah, like yeah. a recovery um to rejuvenate yeah yeah there, there's there's a lot of tiny factors and, and you build up to it obviously you, you're, you're not born with the skill set no uh, that's the whole this, point we keep coming guys, back yeah to. guys this does not start with just waking up and being fucking no it is Daily grind of how to make yourself that one percent better, that one tiny percent better, and once you get one tiny percent better, next day take a guess what, one more percent better, and at the end of the year you are looking at a fucking extravagantly better person than you would ever have been previously the year. I mean, out of my own experience, I've been taking this course, my veterinary course, a bit like a fucking joke. Like, honestly, <laughs> a bit like a fucking... I, I wrote two exams. I wrote two exams today. I'm going to write two exams today. Last day, yesterday, we did mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were tripping out. Was a different fun, universe. It was fucking amazing. It was fucking good. It was so much fun. And then ended up watching the new Avatar. Don't watch it. I don't recommend. It's it. ass. Don't spend free. Okay, graphics amazing. Storyline, dog shit. I'm BB. Uh, okay. Guys, he's going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to continue on my avatar point. Now, I had this decision of should I spend my like afternoon studying or should I spend it watching a movie that is really hyped up, really good? And I was like, I need to watch Avatar. Guys, it's three and a half hours of people flexing how good they can edit. Or not edit, like graphically designed no fucking storyline there was never a time where i was really attached to a character really attached to a character it was a shit ton of characters where it was "Ah, how should i feel about this and that great graphics but where's my emotional attachment to one of these people it's i was really upset with hollywood i was really upset with hollywood i i think they could yeah, for three and a half hours, guys, I at least want to cry a bit. <laughs> I at least want to cry over a character or something. I don't just want to sit there and be like, yeah, this is, this is, this is cool graphics for three and a half hours, you know? 
give me an hour of cool graphics and then an hour, half an hour of fucking good storyline. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not 2010 anymore where CGI, because that's why Avatar did so well, because they had this CGI that no one else had. Yeah, the, the director actually made the movie, like the concept for the movie was made in 1990s, in the 1990s, but it took like 10 years. He was like, I'm going to wait 10 years for the technology to catch up to my idea. And yeah, that's to what my made the concept. first one so phenomenal. This one sucked. There was no storytelling. No fucking... Uh, the characters were empty. The uh, acting was ass. The, the acting was... Yeah. I, I didn't find it great. Because they were trying to mix this like... Um, South American... You know, Latina vibe with the African thing mixed in together. I can see that. I no, can, it, totally. it was their goal. That's that's the culture of the people is a African Latina mix. That's Ooh. where you get the accents and stuff. But it feels so forced that it becomes cringy. I not I wouldn't say cringy, but I felt like it was that typical. It was that typical stereotypical uh, where humans way too sophisticated realized we can manipulate life. As we are, the Homo sapiens is a group. Guys, we are too smart for this world. We are too smart for this world. I, I, you know, cows were just grazing the field, and then these monkey people realized, yo, this is good meat. They like carrots. Come here, cow. <laughs> I give you a <laughs> carrot. <laughs> Slaughtered the shit out of him, <laughs> and like started like bringing crowds and stuff in and. I think it was this perfect mix. The, this, like, if you look at the broader picture of Avatar, where it is these humans fucking up nature, fucking up nature as a, yeah, a perfect nature that Pandora was, and how we just have this corrupt mind state where but, we were like, yeah, fuck, you know, spoiler alert, but. Not spoiled. No, 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 but no, people, the, the 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 people are just assholes. They are just cunts. They don't give a shit about any nature, and that is so true to all our whole society. We don't give a shit about nature. See, the thing is, the whole point of Avatar was like the humans destroyed Earth and they're looking for a new planet and stuff. But did you even feel that in the new movie? They no. they put they put no emphasis on what what the core idea behind the movie is. It was just, ah, oh, one guy is hunting another family, and then they're like, fuck that. Like, it, it, it was just... They, oh, they show it very, yeah, they show it very subtly. Very subtly they show it. And I don't understand, like, this movie has gotten great reviews. It got 93%. Fuck no, it should get great reviews. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, eight, uh, 8 on IMDb. IMDb, really, movies do not get easy, easy ratings. I... I I don't even know if there's series that got above nine, but I don't think there's a single movie that got above nine. Uh, Avengers Endgame, the, I think The Godfather is like 8.7 and they rate Avatar to eight. Like the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> how, how can they? And they are forcing people to say this is a good movie, but it's actually not. It, it isn't. It isn't. It, it is not something to really spend the amount of money that you are going to spend at the movies to sit there and get this great experience 
even though it is a pretty shitty experience for three and a half hours, I can think of a bunch of things. I can put out my day for three and a half hours and it'd be much better. Much better, oh, much more Three and a half hours, I can like, prepare for a whole fucking exam. What the fuck? I, I, I like halfway, like an hour into the movie, I wanted to leave. But all of us wanted to, but yeah. all of us felt too bad. Yeah, I but and, and uh, like I kept that hope because I was like, it's gonna get better. Uh, may, Did it get better? No. <laughs> it, it got worse. <laughs> Look, okay, I, I'm a movie fanatic. Uh, I, I, I watch a lot of movies, especially. He, he uh, loves Marvel. If yeah, more, but uh, but any sci-fi, sci-fi movies, sci-fi series, stuff like that, and I I can tell you. You will be disappointed. And I, this guy wants to bring out a whole universe of Avatar. He wants to bring out eight movies. The fuck? fuck no. I'm not... See, this is where Avatar turns into Fast and Furious. <laughs> where Fast not and even, Furious... Because Fast and Furious, the first six movies were great. And then it just turned... <laughs> first movie, movie was good. Second movie, shit. Eight more plans. <laughs> eight more. And I, I heard that James Cameron... Is it James Cameron? No. Cameron something, yeah. Something yeah, yeah. Fuck, I don't even know. Man, he did three movies in his whole 40-year career. The Titanic and two avatars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two out of three hits. 67%. That is that is a pretty okay... Yeah, well... <laughs> if you look at it like that. But... Um, yeah, then you've got to think. like You, you spent 12 years making a movie so ass. <laughs> the depression that needs to kick in. <laughs> and then he, he, uh, I heard he has a, a uncut version of the movie plan, a nine hour version of that three and a half hour shit we saw yesterday. How much? How many hours? So he made a nine hour movie. No, like that's the full movie uncut. And then he decided to like cut. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same as uh, Zack Schneider's Justice League, like the first Justice League that came out. Apparently that was ass. And then Zack Schneider released his four-hour cut of the same movie. He just added some scenes. It was not better, by the way. It looked a little bit better. It's the same as Avatar. It looks nice visually, yeah, but, visually the, but the story nice. still wasn't good. And... Even DC, DC's going through, they cancelled their Flash movie, the next Wonder Woman movie, they threw, they threw out Superman, they, they don't know what they're doing, they, they hired James Gunn now, James Gunn created uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Suicide Squad, um, Peacemaker, a, a lot of like, all his projects were really good, so they hired him now as CEO of DC, and he just wiped all of their projects to create his own universe now. So he's they're starting the whole DC universe over. <laughs> I mean, they're so far behind. Even, like, in my... Like, a huge Marvel fan, Marvel's doing so shit these days. But Marvel already did great. They already did great up until... Marvel is fucking... Game. Yeah, Marvel is... So, yes, they have a few shitty projects now, but they also have some average projects, but they have, like, one or two great projects. Spider-Man, uh, No Way Home, and... I fucking love the like Mystery that. Man. No, it's not Mystery Man. It's the guy with the cloak. Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, this is where the alcohol starts talking. <laughs> Mystery Man. <laughs> Doctor Strange, fucking loved it. The first one, amazing. And uh, the first one was amazing. The second one, I didn't like that much. 
I felt again well, it was one. yeah it was lacking a bit of the story. Oh uh, yeah yeah but yeah they they used Sam Raimi because he made uh, the first Spider-Man movies and you know they they got nominated for Oscars and stuff the Tobey Maguire especially Spider-Man 2. Um and he also makes a lot of horror movies and stuff so he brought this really cool horror element with Wanda and stuff like that and the like zombie Doctor Strange and stuff that that was really fucking cool in my opinion, but the story lacked. The storyline lacked, but there were some positives, and, and you can say that about like Thor: Love and Thunder because they gave Taika Waititi they gave him too much control because he made a great Thor Ragnarok movie. I know you have yeah the Ragnarok yeah. was good yeah Ragnarok was good. Um, so Thor Ragnarok was really good, and Taika Waititi had some control in there. So they were like, let's give Taika Waititi all the control. And Never give fucking... someone all the control, yeah, people. Say what they did with Kylian Mbappe at PSG. Like, don't give the guy all the control. It goes to his head. You lose World Cups. Yeah. <laughs> nah, no. Fucking giving people too much control. Too much control, too much money, too much power. It's fucking hell. It's fucking terrible. Not in the way that... For the person having yeah, it, yeah, yeah. of course, man, you have you you run, but, this but it does go to your head, man. Like it's a it's a lot of power because you have millions and millions of fans relying on you. There were some entertaining factors in Thor: Love and Thunder, but they ruined it. They they got Christian Bale as a villain, which was great. He but they didn't give him enough screen time. They didn't write him all whatever, but he was great himself. He was the main good point in the movie. So out of <laughs> I love how the main good point in the movie. Was the one least shown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get because Marvel was in three phases. Phase one, where actually we we should go back to the beginning. I'll make this quick. But um, Marvel was about to go out of business. Marvel the comics, so they sold the rights to the X Men and Fantastic Four because that they wanted to sell the rights to all their characters. For one million dollars for that's all their nothing. characters. That's nothing. One million dollars for all their characters, uh, and the studios. Well, fuck, I, I I don't know the studio. I can't remember now. I'm a bit drunk. <laughs> but so this the the studios didn't. Ex- they only wanted X Men, Spider Man, and Fantastic Four, which because they were the top selling comic books. But they, Fantastic they, Four they, is they, not even doing shit anymore. Uh, no, but but. And comic-wise, comic books, the people from the 70s, 80s, 90s, they were reading the comics. So that, that, that was the, the top-selling one. So the studios only wanted the top-selling comic books. So they gave Marvel the money, and they, they didn't want the Avengers, Iron Man, stuff like that. Those, those were the low... No one, no one gave a shit about them. Yeah. So then the first Iron Man movie came, and Marvel, Marvel wanted to make now movies. But they had no characters left because they sold their rights for the for the good ones that people want to see. So now they had to make this thing and they, they had to make something of Iron Man, Thor, the Avengers, Hulk. No one wants to see these people. And then the first Iron Man, big success. Second Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and Line then the first success. Avengers. And then they started creating this universe and connecting them. Now everyone, Iron Man... And Captain America and Thor are probably the most loved characters. No one even thinks about Fantastic Four and those things anymore. Now Marvel has made so much money. They have seven or eight movies that broke a billion dollar mark. <laughs> Imagine you were the, that guy at the studio that 
denied the one million dollar deal for everything and now they are making billions you must feel like the biggest cunt (laughs) (laughs) so now it got phase one phase two phase three phase three ended with avengers endgame phase four a bit average but some good projects uh spider-man no way home it plays a lot on your nostalgia that's why it's such a good movie it might not be a great movie but it's good because it plays on fans nostalgia and then you got you get a lot of other good projects shang chi was amazing completely new concept introduced to the marvel universe great um but then you get something like she hulk that was so ass <laughs> that i really want to give up on marvel <laughs> and then black panther luckily saved it black panther ended phase four so now phase five is going to start with ant-man and the uh, ant-man quantumania that's that that i'm very confident is going to be sick and set up the rest of the universe but anyway yeah uh, like i can get so, lost in marvel so for hours so <laughs> guys what i want to conclude what i want to conclude is never be the asshole that fucking did that did not buy any of the fucking yeah marvel ju- jump at any opportunity <laughs> if you see potential jump secondly read books it's fucking amazing for you there's you just want to read books if you read books you will gain knowledge somehow some way somewhere in between and I don't even have a third point because we just ranted on this yeah. fucking just talk the most bullshit. And I like remember that not all readers are leaders, but all, all leaders, leaders are, are readers. readers. <laughs> oh shit. Oh uh, shit. I, I, I mean, okay, we rambled a bit on uh, about movies at the end because he just caught our attention and no, it's just the how the flow has been goes. distracting us. But um, I, like, stick to the main points. You start start small. Start small. When, when you want to make improvements in your life and you you want to you want to change things and you want to become a better person. You want to grow up. You want to gain some maturity and stuff. It doesn't happen in one big step. It's multiple small steps combined and don't let fucking environment decide who you are fucking let you be the decision and with this very point i want to i want to end another gvo podcast the good vibes only podcast it's me your host nathan raff and my great guest today Licker, liquor Chris. <laughs> you, you, you've had a you've had a tiny bit of liquor Chris here yeah. today. A little so. bit of Austin also, but with less girls. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> and uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, I see you guys next week. Come on.